Hey, you're listening to Journey to Truth podcast with myself, Tyler Koala, and Aaron Kuhn. I realized we stopped introducing ourselves a long time ago, and we have a lot of new subscribers, so I figured we'd do it again. Uh, joining us tonight is Allison G. And Allison is the author of the, the book uh, New Paradigm Shift, which you can find on newparadigmplanet.net, I believe. Newparadigmplanet.com. It's called com. New Paradigm Planet. Okay, and well, you can go there and you could uh, find a book and you can also read about your, Allison has a missing time experience which involved her visiting a parallel timeline, which I cannot wait to hear about. Okay. And she has another website called humanitorium.earth, which is essentially a, a platform to kickstart like uh, an Ubuntu type civilization, which we're gonna let her tell us all about also. So thank you for coming on tonight, Allison. How you doing? Great. Uh, do you want Do you want to just start off by tells telling us about your website and the humanitorium and what that whole project involves and and how you even had that idea for it? Sure. Well, I got the idea. I was at ISETI, uh, the ISETI conference in July um, 2019. So that was a few months ago. We were there. No. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We saw you there. And. Um, I was wearing, I've been wearing this headband for several months and we were in the Skywatch field and I realized like I saw all these lights on the mountain like the it was like freckled with lights just like 20 to 50 lights out there on the mountain and I was cheering and I was hollering and I was just so excited. And I thought people would be like on their feet and like cheering and clapping. And I realized like nobody could see them. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Alexa, if you know, Jason, Alexa, she was. Yeah. Yes, love those two. Yeah, she was like, oh, I can see what you're talking about. There are a lot of them out there, especially if I squint, I can see them. I think it's your headband you're wearing. And I was like, I don't know what it is, but I'm looking at them with my eyes. And before the Skywatch, I was just trying to get into a really high vibe state, like really happy and joyful and just really feeling love in my heart so that we would see more spaceships, you know? And I was telling everybody as they arrived, I was like, make sure to have love in your heart for the Skywatch or something like that. And so I was in a really good uh, state and I looked out and I saw all these lights on the mountain and I thought people would be cheering and I realized nobody could see them except Alexa and I I asked the whatever beings were behind those lights whatever was making the lights I wanted you know supposedly we're all telepathic and I wanted to be telepathic and I wanted to ask them I wanted to say like you know I can see you Obviously, I, my vibration might be a little different than these people who are in my reality right here in the field. There's tons of them. And I want to know what I need to do to raise my vibration enough to go visit you physically or maybe even go live with you or like see what it is that you do or where you live. And uh, like, obviously, my vibe was a little higher and I could see all these lights and these other people couldn't and I just heard this like knowingness voice that said all you need to do is create a society where no one has to worry about money to get their basic needs met this is the next step to the new earth together like basically 
Yes, 100% agree yes. with that. Yeah, yeah and, really, yes. Like, totally. And I was like asking them, I was like, you mean I could do that? And they were just like, yeah, anybody could. They're just so casual and <laughs> about it. Like anybody could do that, whatever. And I was like, well, I guess I could, you know, like it, to them, there was no separation between the me I doing it as Allison and the we us doing it as humanity and they were kind of like trying to encourage me because I had um, come up with this dream preschool project idea that was like multi-billion dollar city to build that was based on a new education system and I have that as a lecture on YouTube and they're like well you did this thing you'd have this idea you made you know whatever you're gonna come up with is gonna be something easier for humanity to um, digest, I guess, so, um, or to create. So I went home and I, um, all these ideas just started coming to me and I went home and I made this website in like three days. <laughs> um, I was like, wow, well, this might actually work, I guess, like, <laughs> this is amazing. So basically it's a 144 person household in harmony with nature and educational resort where everyone can live and no one individual needs to pay money for the basic survival necessities, food, water, shelter, no one has to pay rent and for utilities. So like power, power and yeah, power and water. So basically the way it's actually supposed to be. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. yeah and so we still might use money but we don't need to use it for those things and people instead contribute service for 20 to 25 hours a week so it's a service to others based economy where service is more important than money money is secondary in our economy we have money and profit is primary and service is secondary. You're like, who cares about that? And so we have all of these skewed things in our society because it makes a profit or it doesn't. But when people don't have to worry about that, they don't have to worry about how am I going to pay my bills? Where's my next meal coming from? Then it frees up our consciousness, our spirituality, our life, just like energy that we expend to get those things met, it just frees us up to think about what we actually want to do in the world, how we want to serve others, how we want to be useful to society. And a lot of us, even us like spiritual people or like, you know, disclosure people or whoever you are, we still go to our lives and we make decisions and thoughts and feelings and behaviors based on the fact that we need money for our survival. <laughs> and it, it takes a lot of our life force energy. You know, like I do work a full-time job as a preschool teacher. And um, in this sort of new economy that I came up with, maybe I would work that part-time because I do like that job, but I would work, uh, you know, another thing part-time serving my fellow humans that I live with or my community or serving humanity or I since I don't need money to live I get to think of a job that I you know if for instance a lot of people they don't like their job mm -hmm. if they don't need money to live they contribute this service for 20 hours a week they have time and energy freed up to think of what 
kind of job they actually want to do and maybe whether or not it pays well or yeah it doesn't matter because it doesn't matter at that point yeah yeah you're doing it because you love it and there there's Mm -hmm. no need to like make profit because this system also everyone contributes a service and a production talent so you have a production talent that you're producing for the humanitarium and uh it's a about a multi it can be at least a million dollar per year business um like generating goods and services but in the new earth you know we're all millionaires together so it's great you know what if you lived in a a household with 143 other roommates it's an educational resort everybody's coming there they're like what are you guys doing this is really cool um you have a you know a drive that you are doing every morning you're getting up in the morning and something's driving you to live passionately and um and you can make money if you want but you don't have to and you do what you want during the day like you select what kind of career you know the careers on the website are based on uh like the household chores that would need to get done if we live in a household in harmony with basic responsibilities yeah 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 and uh helping each other get our needs met what, what I think is beautiful about what you're doing is, so we know Michael Tillinger and he has the Ubuntu movement, yeah. but you can't do it alone. Like there needs to be yeah. people doing this exact type of thing. And, and this is a smaller scale. So I, yeah. I see Ubuntu as being this whole big, large, like societal um, idea. And sometimes that's really hard for people to bite off and chew all at once. And so yeah. this kind of thing would be, you know, looking for 144 people that want to say yes to this and they don't have to say yes to like the first one we're going to create but they can say yes to i want to be a part of this kind of idea this project i want to live in this kind of way someday and all you need is like that many people and say 150 ish people each raise five to ten thousand dollars for their new life in this humanitarium we all have over a million dollars together to like build this thing <laughs> yeah that's yeah. that's incredible I, I really i really think it so do you i really think it's awesome and do you have a, like an idea of like the location on where you want where you would want to start this well i have a page on my website for people to submit locations and i live in seattle um my ideal um idea would be that nobody would have to just give up their life and like move to this thing um but like i lived in the eco village for a few years and you, you really do give up your life and oh no my device wants to restart Say no. Say no, no. don't do no. it. <laughs> Remind me later. <laughs> How do I stop that? Uh, uh, like, I moved to the Eco Village and it, you kind of give up your life and you go move there. Um, and then you have to figure out how you make a living in this new kind of life. But my idea would be that no one would have to give up their life like that they could live near a city or a town or or do what they want to do based on 
how they already live and you don't have to be isolated like, from like the outside yeah you don't um, have to be isolated especially yeah. if you know uber wants to have a flying car service if they do that if we have flying cars you know in the near future yeah we can really be accessible if we live near a place rather than in a place and seattle the land's really expensive houses are really expensive maybe a suburb would be a good idea but maybe like here's my pie in the sky idea that I thought of I don't know if it would work but so you get like a block a city block of like maybe six or eight houses and you pitch this idea to everybody <laughs> say they're all like really progressively minded and they're all about helping humanity and society and you say like you know would you like to donate your land or your house to this movement kind of thing or this educational resort and you get to live there you know for free <laughs> i don't know but yeah, be, that would be a tough one yeah. To sell. yeah for sure it would but in an ideal world you'd get yeah. all these people together and they have this land together or someone has land already and they say i want to give my land to to doing this um yeah, that's project. True. That's the direction I was thinking. So somebody, see, like you said, you have to have money at some point, even to get it started. Though. So if somebody even had- if it's a developer with like millions or billions of dollars and they're like, hey, I got this plot, you know, this block here. I'm, you know, I have all these apartment complexes, but that's really boring, whatever. I'm really interested in your idea. It sounds like a lot cooler than what I got. And I got all these other properties making money for me. So why do I need this like, plot of this apartment complex put your humanitarium there <laughs> my ideal yeah, the, ideas. The, the, the possibilities are endless the one thing i do like about this idea uh and i liked about the ubuntu thing as well is so if if it, if it really does happen if it really is successful and it starts working uh it takes away the anxiety yeah that we all carry about retirement because re retirement is one of the biggest programs to keep us in fear you know yeah. oh my God, what am i going to do when i retire oh mm -hmm. i can't quit because i'll lose my 401k or what and people panic and everybody's working working for hours in towards retirement and this and they totally lose focus on what they're even doing here on this planet they've be yeah. they're working now they're they're here on this planet to retire and we don't have to worry about that in this type of civilization. And I, oh, that's one thing that the beings also said when they were like, the beings from the mountain or what, whoever they were, whatever they were, like giving me this message, they were saying like, just create this society and this will drastically raise the vibration of humans. And I, at the time, like, and then th they say, this is the step, next step to the new earth together. But at the time, I didn't really get that. And like, it didn't sink in until later on when I was making my website. I was like, oh, this is what they meant by this will drastically raise the vibration of humans. It's like akin to the agricultural or the industrial or even the technological revolution on how it, um, increases our capabilities and frees up our time and our mental capacity to be able to put forth our energy towards our life like that's how much it would increase our capability to do things in the world yeah you, you could pursue that hobby that you once never had time for yeah, yeah. 
And the, the possibilities are really endless. I mean, you, you could really, you know, focus on your mission and whatever that might be, you know, some, some of our missions are just to be here and exist because we carry a light with us already. And just by being around others, we're, we're carrying out our mission unknowingly. Yeah. And you would think that if, like we're pretty intelligent as humans, but we haven't been able to figure out on this planet yet how to have a society where everyone can live and no one has to pay money for survival. Like the basic human, you would think these are human rights. Like if you don't have these, you're gonna die, but we are paying our life force, blood, energy, blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> it takes up so much time. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, we have to pay for everything the planet provides for free. We have to yeah. pay for it. That's the, yeah, I know. And that's the idea behind the humanitarium is that nature produces these things for free. And this is kind of the, the thing that they were trying to get me to see at Iseti, like just at the ranch after I got this message. It was like, look at all this nature around. Nobody, you know, nobody pays for this nature. Yeah, <laughs> like, the animals. We need to make a society where no one has to pay for things like no one has to pay to grow this tree. <laughs> yeah, it's it's artificially created scarcity is, is really what money is. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, it's a tool that um, and if we had a world and society that was run benevolently and smartly, really, um, we could use money as like a tool that would be helpful you know, instead of just trading or like right. whatnot, but unfortunately it's being used as an enslavement system and, and to create artificial scarcity yeah. and to, and for greed and power and everything else. Um, oh, yeah. And all that's going away though, luckily. And, and we've, we have the technology and we've had the technology <laughs> for a while. For a while. We haven't even needed money for like almost a hundred years at least yeah and um <laughs> the whole time yeah yeah but like the whole time just, obviously we've all been alive for sure it takes and, us to take our power back and be like hey we can do these things on our own by ourselves but because we're smart like exactly that's the same idea behind my dream preschool project that i have on um on youtube is that everybody would uh cooperate and work together on this say it's a preschool and then the staff have the option if they want to to live there rent free and then the organization is the one that helps pay for you know the food and the the living expenses and the upkeep of the facility so it's like an organizational thing and no one person has to like worry about that and so i feel like i feel like that's not too far of a stretch we could do something like that yeah, and you, yeah. you are you are a preschool teacher right now, correct? Yes. That's amazing. That's and how long have you been doing that? Uh, I've been working with kids for about ten years, a little over ten years, and um, I've done all kinds of things like summer camps, outdoor environmental education, boys and girls club, YMCA. I worked on cruise ships for a few years and then I moved back to uh, my hometown in Seattle here. And I, you know, preschool is one of the places where you uh, can work full time. So I got a job as a preschool teacher and it's a really weird messed up 
industry, in my yeah. opinion, because you're paying these teachers to, you're paying them near minimum wage to raise our children and, and help them have healthy brain development and healthy physical, uh, social, emotional, you know, nutrition and just development. And we should have the same societal respect as doctors and lawyers and professors, like university professors, because of what preschool teachers do for society. But again, it's, it's the manufactured, I guess, brain, like schism that is being created for us, you know, in, yeah. in it's reality. All, yeah. It's all backwards. I mean, and, and that's, it and it's intentional, you know, it, it's, it, it never, it's, it goes so deep. Basically, yeah. everything, everything's backwards. I yeah. go to work every day and I'm like, I'm here for the kids. I'm here for the children and like help them grow and become happy, healthy humans. But in the same time, I don't necessarily agree with this system where it's like not biologically make, it doesn't make any sense for us to leave our offspring in a building for eight to 10 hours a day with these teachers. Like, I agree that education, early education is really vital for like this healthy brain development, but maybe three to five hours a day, like that seems like enough for a one to five year old child or even like a one to two year old baby. Like they've had it at 3 PM. They're just screaming their head off, especially like the start of the year. And then they're, I have to take them from their parents as they're screaming and crying, like they're being tortured and their parent has to leave. And, you know, you can explain to the child all you want why this is happening, but it seems like this is creating some kind of like trauma informed brains, like on, in all of us. And I mean, I remember going through this when I was in preschool too, but it just seems like, I wonder what's that, what that's doing to the child's brain. You know, what kind of messages that's telling their brain and what kind of messages they're getting about what kind of world this is, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and, and these mothers are being separated from their children far too early. Yeah, yeah. earlier and earlier because the, yeah. both parents have to work now. I just got a call today from somebody who was like, do you have space for a three-month-old baby? And I'm like, oh, sorry, we started wow. 12 months. But I was like, Dang, a three-month-old baby. Like, I don't have my own kids, but I would not want to do that. I would want to help be with them for <laughs> at least a year. I'm like, you know, and I just graduated with my BA in early education from the UW, and um, I we had to learn about childcare in other countries like Sweden, and they have. Uh, paternity and maternity leave, and they let them go for like a a year to help raise their child. And then they have early education that like even unemployed mothers, you know, single mothers can have early education and preschool for their child. And I'm just, I was just like, wow, they, there's an, oh, I had a coworker who did some t um, teaching in Norway or did some study abroad and, and worked in a kindergarten there. And she was talking about their kind of system and she was saying it was really expensive there, but she kind of saw it as it's expensive because everyone has the time and energy and life space to make that money. Like, 
McDonald's, you work at McDonald's and it's like you make 25 an hour and you don't have to pay all this medical bills and you don't have student loan debt and you don't have all this other stuff that we have in the United States and it just yeah up your time to think about life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it's if you do look at other parts of the world, just you know, they have a they work four days a week instead of five days a week. Yeah, or they work thirty hours a week and have twenty dollar an hour minimum wage. <laughs> they work less, they get paid more, they have more vacation time. They yeah, way more vacation time. Like we yeah. work about two thousand hours a year and they work fifteen hundred and yeah. <laughs> and, and and they they get even if you work at McDonald's, they get two weeks uh paid vacation no matter where you work it's like it's like common law over there no matter what your career is if you're working at the gas station or if oh. you're a doctor you get two weeks paid vacation it's just part of the system yeah like i i worked yeah. at a restaurant for a while um in addition to my full-time preschool job and i was trying to work part-time but sometimes it would be full-time if it was super busy for a convention it was near it was um downtown and um it, it just seemed like, I mean, my managers were like the nicest, sweetest ladies ever, but it just seemed like it was their job to be like <laughs> slave drivers. And I was just thinking sometimes I was like, if we think slavery in America doesn't exist, like just go to any restaurant. I was just like, well, this is crazy that we do this to ourselves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if you go to the restaurants now, half the time you're doing all the work anyway. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, well, I, I would say like a fast food type of joint, you know, you got to order yourself, you got to pick up your own, you do everything, you do all the work, you're just getting a meal handed to you, you know? Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, ba like to sum it up, basically, there's a lot of, systems on the planet they all they're not set up to like support us and living our like the lives we want to live it's just right. like make money and like good luck you know and like you just got to make money to survive so people are are forced to work jobs they don't want to be doing just to survive and to and to support their family and to you know help their family survive yeah. And that's why I'm excited about this humanitarium because anybody, well, most anybody can be useful in this type of economy and situation that is the humanitarium. And there are a lot of homeless people, especially where I live in Seattle. And I just have dreams of walking down the street and being able to go up and chat with them about this humanitarium. And these people, you know, I think there is a, maybe it's a misconception or maybe it's a proper conception. The, these people are homeless because they're drug addicts or they're not mentally stable or there's something wrong with them, whatever. But even those types of people can come to a society like this and be an able-bodied person for a service to other society. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of healing I would want to bring to humanity for these people. I heard of this experiment um, from Charles Eisenstein at a workshop he did once, and he was talking about the rat park experiment. And 
apparently in this experiment, some scientists got these rats together and they wanted to know if they would be addicted to drugs and starve themselves to death or would they eat food. And so they got to press a lever for drugs or food. And of course they starved themselves to death and they got addicted to drugs and died. And the hmm. scientists were like, oh, okay. Uh, but then someone else took this experiment and said, wait, these were rats isolated in cages by themselves. Let's repeat the same experiment, see if we're getting the same results, sure enough. But then before they you know, starve themselves to death, we're going to take them out of their isolation, their isolated cage. We're going to put them in a rat park with um, lots of other rats, plenty of food, water, everything that they need, plenty of toys, plenty of socialization, plenty of space to run around and explore and see what they do. Will they still starve themselves to death and die and be addicted to drugs rather, or would they, you know, fix their addiction basically? And these rats wean themselves off the drugs. They got over their, you know, addiction to drugs and were eating and healthy and happy and playing. And hopefully this is an example of what we're doing to ourselves in humanity. We're isolating ourselves on this thing. We're isolating ourselves in our box, in our house. Mm -hmm. and, you know, I believe that's one reason why children have separation anxiety because they're so isolated with their primary caregivers that they don't, like when I lived at the Eco Village, these kids didn't really have separation anxiety because there was, there's always people around all the time to um, take care of them. So their brains got a lot of socialization and they're um, like really well socialized for kids their age, really mature. And so I think this isolation is, it's like one reason why we're having all these mental health problems, all these drug addictions, all these, whatever these psychosis is that we have because of the isolation that we're experiencing, even though we live in cities and towns with hundreds and millions of people. We've lost connection with each other. We're meant for connection and we've lost it. And, and with nature. And with nature in the system set up that way. And that's why the systems have to change. And we were the ones to help do that, you know, like, um, that's why, like, you know, you look at like tribe, tribal living, like they, they're all, they live in this community where they all this you know they're connected to each other and and they don't you don't see them suffering from depression or like right. suicide and stuff because they all have connections <laughs> right yeah, like, suicide. It's a loving community and that's what we need to go back to like we need to form loving communities and then reconnect yeah. with each other and where like, everybody is encouraged based on their talents and their um you know their uniqueness exactly. and their interests and nobody has to pay for the basic things that they need to live. Like just, just exactly. switching that would help us so much. <laughs> exactly. And when you're in that community, you're all going to be supporting each other. So no one, you're not going to have people struggling to survive because you're going to have this community to support you. Yeah. And you're yeah. going to have less of a disparity in terms of, uh, socioeconomic status like and there might too. still be a little but it's less of, a, yeah. less of an issue and, exactly. and we have to learn in early education about the education gap from kids who are low income come from low-income families and like what that's all about and they, there's just one statistic where they actually hear millions like five million or some crazy number 
by the time these low-income children are five years old, they've heard millions less words than their middle and upper class peers. Mm -hmm. You know, based on whatever, it's maybe the attentiveness of the parent or the education level of the parent or how much they're capable to be around their child because they're not working their bum off to put food on the table. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, this eco village you were talking about, uh, I believe I read this. You said this was in Missouri. Yeah. Aaron and I are both from Missouri. I'm just curious what part. Yeah. Of yeah St. Louis. It was in Rutledge, Missouri. It's called Dancing Rabbit. It's pretty, I guess, well-ish known from the like green living movement, eco villages movement. Usually, if you go to anybody who's like really big into that movement and you talk about this eco village, they're like, "Oh yeah, I've heard of that." <laughs> um, and I, I I found out about it from a show that Morgan Spurlock did called Thirty Days. It was he did it a long time ago, um, and I got super curious and interested about this idea of eco villages because I wanted to live light on the planet. I had this dream about Seattle where all of the houses had solar panels. There were just like gardens pouring off of everybody's balcony, and I wanted to live like that. But I didn't think that would happen maybe for fifty years. And so when I heard about this place I was like what is that I need to go live there and um, I did so much research about eco villages and intentional communities in the United States and all over the world and originally I didn't want to go to that one on the TV show you know but they it was really attractive to me that one because you could go for a visit you know you just have to apply and you can move there and pay your bills like everyone else, but you don't have to buy in like a membership fee or purchase a house or you don't have to buy land to go live there and move there. And, and visiting is fairly easy. You fill out an application and you know, you agree to, you, you read their norms. And if you're all good, you know, if that's all okay with you, swimming naked in the pond, you know, skinny dipping in the pond, that, that kind of thing, then you go for a visit. You can visit for one to three weeks, depending on your level of interest, and then you apply. And I think they started doing background checks because they had some issues in the past, but um, it's so easy. You just move there, and you and the cost of living is so low. Just the cost of living. So this this place is in Rutledge, Missouri. It's about three hours north of St. Louis. Um, yeah, it's northern, northern Missouri, looks like. Yeah, Scotland County. The average, I think I looked it up once, the average annual income there is like, it was like fifteen or 20000 a year. But I could live as a single person at the Eco Village for six to 10000 a year and like get all my needs met, my bills paid, my food needs met, and... I would go away for the winter and I would work a regular job somewhere like I'd work at a summer camp or where they had like outdoor environmental education during the winter or I would and I worked on cruise ships so I did something in the winter to make like a normal income and then I would move back and live there in the warm season because it's really cold there in the winter <laughs> oh yeah. yeah well we're from St. Louis and yeah, so you know, yeah. <laughs> and then, I mean, I uh, I was spending a lot of money to visit my family in Seattle, and um, one 
winter I was going to, I heard $15 an hour minimum wage and I was going to come live with my family for the winter and get a job. And I decided not to um, move back because of various reasons, like of all the things I have access to in the city that I don't there and just the different mindset of the people that I had as friends before. And I wanted to be near my family because, you know, my parents are getting older and I have to, I mean, a thousand dollars a year for a train trip, train trips to come see my family is a lot when you're only making $6,000 a year. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> so uh, do you want to tell us about the book that you wrote, the new, new paradigm uh, planet? Yeah, sure. Um, when I was a kid, I had this whole like planet inside my head and I would like fantasize about living there every night. And sometimes I would have really vivid dreams about life there. And I thought it was just like another planet when I was a kid. Uh, and I, I wanted myself, I just felt kind of like, um, this planet wasn't quite, some things in this planet weren't quite right. And so I wanted myself to show me a planet where um, people were living to their full potential. I'd heard like we were only using 10% of our brain, you know, whatever potential. And I was like, what would it be like if we were using our full potential? And so I wanted myself or maybe through my dreams. I remember I made a dream catcher and it worked for me. Like they, they had these, they taught us about Native Americans and stuff and it was like crazy when I hung this thing up on my bed and maybe it's just because I really believed that it was gonna work and I just I had so many vivid dreams and I would tell my parents or somebody and they're like oh yeah that's nice thanks <laughs> this not really exist or whatever but I was like this thing is magical so I wanted my <laughs> dream to show me like a world where people were living more in their full potential and I don't really know how I came up with this planet in my head but I did and I must have gotten like ideas about this planet from somewhere else in my psyche because now that I know a lot about cosmic disclosure and all of that disclosure stuff and I started watching um, cosmic disclosure on Gaia in 2015, I was like, holy cow, where did I come up with this? And I wrote the book in 2014. Um, I just, um, I was really inspired by uh, this workshop that I took and uh, this program that I went to called New Culture Summer Camp, like about living in a new culture. And I was inspired. So I wanted to put my new culture that I'd had in my head since I was a kid, just in a book on, on paper. Um, so I, that's why I wrote that book. But I wrote it before I learned about all this cosmic disclosure stuff. And I was just like, Oh, where was I getting this info? Because even as a little kid, I had this idea that they were on this planet, they were good people and they were bad people, but they chose with their free will to be good or bad, not just by their circumstance, the, their happenstance. They chose like intentionally to live this darkness or live this, you know, this whiteness, I guess. Uh, bright lightness um, and they wanted to keep the balance of the Helios of now and so I didn't really like that sounds like the law of one to me after I've read the law of one I was like they wanted to keep 
the balance of the law of one and um <laughs> but i called it the helios of now i'm like what's helios when i was writing the book i was like some greek term like where did i get that as a nine or eight year old child and and they call the sun helios some people call the sun helios and so it's like helios of now meant the balance between light and dark on this planet and they even had a place called Draconi or Drekenville. And I was like, where did I get that term? <laughs> like Draco. What Draco, Draco, yeah. kid as a child? Like, what was I thinking? <laughs> uh, it, it was being downloaded to you, I'm sure. Yeah, okay. well, it's, just, well, it's just a remembrance. You yeah. already do all this stuff. Just, like yeah. I'm maybe a multi-dimensional being and I'm getting it from somewhere else in the other lives I'm living. <laughs> yeah yeah totally uh, so yeah it's about a planet i had in my head since i was a kid that's awesome uh i i'm gonna have to check it out it sounds fascinating i i think it's cool that uh you actually pursued it you know we all have these dreams and stuff as a kid but they have to actually pursue it right. and turn it into a book and make it something yeah. you know congratulations that's awesome well i'm also like i i grew up and i read about astrology and stuff and I'm a Pisces, so it was like, you're really into like your fantasy world. And I was like, well, I guess <laughs> oh, I made a whole planet in my head. And yeah. like the, um, oh, what was I gonna say about it? Oh, as a kid, I thought this was another planet, but the reason I got it into a book as an adult is because I saw all the technology that was coming, like these 3D printers and this all this kind of stuff. And I was like, whoa what if this planet is not another planet what if it's earth in our future like even in the future of my lifetime even yeah that's I, it was, I was like whoa this could be true this could be true as earth in our future like realistic yeah the new earth as some people term it yeah the new yeah. earth and the earth once trying um, to create. yeah yeah you already you already figured it all out. Right. Man, I can't. We all have. Yeah. We all have like time doesn't exist, right? So we're all living in the new earth right now. That's technically true. Even yes. At, um, at dimensions of disclosure, I heard someone talking about big trees, like people living inside big trees I've or like big trees or something. And I was like, too. whoa, that was on my planet that I wrote about in my book like uh, that, living in big trees. nice nice that's i remember allison co who's a qhht practitioner talking i i follow her videos and uh, some of her sessions she's had people uh you know their higher selves coming through and talking and saying in in the new earth we're all going to be living or most people are going to be living up in trees <laughs> up in these big trees. like ewoks <laughs> yeah like ewoks or like swiss family robinson yeah. like we're all living up in trees yeah my um i guess i've only really had like one hypnotherapy session and it was to recall some details about the parallel timeline experience i had but my higher self came through in that session and i was it was like really strange to me because i remember the induction of the hypnotherapist took me through and like the protection and all of that. And then this like big, warm, golden, glowing, like overarching consciousness, like came down into my head and like spoke for me and my 3d consciousness as Allison just kind of like took a back seat and like, let it like answer her questions, the hypnotherapist questions. And 
this, um, I made this available on my website, on my new Paradigm Planet website, where I have the parallel timeline experience also, but uh, people have asked me, like, did you channel that? Did you channel your higher self? And I was like, no, like, not that I know of, <laughs> but, but it sounds like, it sounds like a very androgynous me person. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know, I know what you're saying. Like when I did my past life regression, your higher self comes through at the end and you, your whole demeanor changes, your breathing yeah. changes, your voice changes. And I have all this on recording. Yeah. But when they're speaking through you, it's, it's not you essentially, you know, yeah. like, it's not you, but it is you. It it's is like, you at the same time. Yeah. And I really enjoy the explanation that I've heard from Corey Goodwin. He says like, your higher self is basically another like multi-dimensional you. It's basically you in billions of years, like in the yeah. society, wherever you're living. <laughs> and it's funny. Cause it's like, even though time doesn't technically exist, right? it's, it's still you. That's a way to look at it. Cause it's like a much more evolved you. of you. Mm -hmm. And this evolved version of you knows like all the timelines. It can see time. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So what I, th I think that going back to the tree thing also, and I I wholeheartedly believe that a long time ago on this planet it was the same way. Tree trees used to be oh. gigantic. That's what we have like examples of like the Devil's Tower in Wyoming and all these petrified tree stumps that are the size of mountains. Uh, you know, we know about giants that existed, and I think people used to live in tree civilizations. We hear in our folklore and tales, right. it's it's written in history. It's yeah. like our fantasy world. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I really do believe that that was once the case. I don't know, you know, far before mainstream science has our, you know, history going back clearly. Yeah. I'm talking like pre-dinosaur, you know, maybe at one point, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, a we have this soul memory <laughs> yeah yeah and, you know, and here's to say that you know we all history repeats itself maybe you know, right. not, not just the bad stuff but you know yeah you know it, it makes sense too that we would live in trees or on top of trees however you want to look at it um because trees are they you know they channel energy and and they're living yeah. beings too that have all this energy and and stuff that probably would like benefit you greatly from from well, uh, well yeah look at the movie avatar I, like that's a documentary right. from another planet i mean <laughs> yeah even, exactly. even cory even cory good says that there's a lot of factual stuff in that movie even the even the race being blue uh there's a yeah and um yeah. in yeah. in hollow earth apparently they have blue or greenish skin because of a, the high copper content in their water hmm and that's interesting yeah um, speaking of copper content, you got to tell us about your headband. <laughs> yeah, so speaking of copper and hollow earth, um, I was on a retreat to Hawaii with Bridget Nielsen, and one of the retreat participants nice. was like, you got to watch these interviews with this guy named Billy Woodard. And so I watched all of his stuff that I could find, and he does these like Zora calls. I haven't listened to all of them, but I watched all of his YouTube interviews that I could find him he has this really like 
wonderful, I think, but some people would think it's like just too far out there, fantastical claim that he's from Hollow Earth. He was born in Hollow Earth and he came to live out here on the surface to deliver Admiral Byrd's message to us because Admiral Byrd was not allowed to deliver his message to humanity. So he's out here delivering the message that there's people living inside our planet and all of that stuff. And he channels his father and his father, one of his father's jobs or his main career is to monitor the North Polar opening. Um, so if you know anything about Admiral Byrd, this is, I think what Billy says, um, Admiral Byrd was flying in his airplane and he saw there was like sunlight over the horizon, even though it was nighttime. And so he followed this like horizon into the planet and he, they, they caught his plane they and they took control of it. Yeah. Yeah. To see the, their government and their government was like, Hey, how's it going out there? And he was allowed in because he was of noble character. And um, the, uh, the people inside in Hollow Earth, in, living inside our planet, basically there's a whole nother planet in our planet, yeah. uh, 800 miles below our feet. And um, so they were like, you need to please, please, pretty please stop making atomic and nuclear weaponry because that <laughs> affects us down here and we can't have that. Yeah. Um, and here's all of the diseases for uh, all of the, the cures for all the diseases you have out there. Here, take this case of vials, take them back to your superiors, tell them what we told you. So Admiral Byrd goes to his superiors and um, he he tells them, you know, there's people living inside our planet. We got to stop making atomic and nuclear weaponry. Here's all the cures for all of our diseases. Yay. Right. And they were just, they took the, you know, Billy says they took the vials, they stuck them on a shelf in the Smithsonian to collect dust. They told Admiral Byrd, like, you shut up. <laughs> you know, we all know that story. Top yeah. secret. Ah, no. And um, cover it up as much as possible. Um, and so he wasn't allowed to deliver this message. And, um, Billy was asked uh, by his father if him and his sister would like to go out and live on the surface. And he was like, sure, I'm down, you know, to deliver this message. But he was like, if I knew what I was in for, I would have said no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no but he, this kind of headband is a gift from his father as an ascension tool for humanity. And apparently people wear this in there sometimes, I guess. And I um, I heard of like pharaohs in Egypt were the only ones that were allowed to wear this thing. And um, I don't really understand exactly what it does, but it's like, it's some kind of technology. Uh, the copper helps ha um, harmonize the hemispheres of your brain. And the disc in the center has to be like solid silver or gold. The gold one is like it, it's better for the technology, but if they sold them at gold, it would be way too expensive. And then it's as a crystal in the front and they like have this crystal, they pick it to like work for you or with you. And they have this crystal listen to this CD of like really awesome. I don't know exactly what it is, the music that they have it listened to before they send it to you and you can buy it on Billy Woodard's website, helpingtorise.com. Like, Billy doesn't even know who I am, but I tell everybody <laughs> about his website because I 
I was so excited yes. about this headband when I first got it in the mail. I put it on and I just felt so just peaceful, like an energy shower bath and like helping me heal things in my body or whatever. And I just wore it every day. And I have the kind of job where people don't mind, you know, they're supposed <laughs> to be open and loving and accepting of like all kinds of people because yeah. Small children. I'm sure, the, I'm sure the kids, the kids probably like it too. They oh, they love it. it. They're like, "What's on your head?" Sorry. And if I don't wear it one day, they're like, "Where's your headband?" <laughs> and Tyler, you should I, wear that while you do construction. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. I, do, I, I have to wear a hard hat. That, <laughs> sometimes people think it is a headlamp. <laughs> yeah, some people it's a headlamp. And and I was really self conscious about wearing it in public at first, but I noticed nobody gives an s-h-i-t nobody cares they're all like or they're like really keep Everyone. to themselves or like sit on the bus in the morning at like each individual person in each individual seat like don't be near anyone or touch anyone or look at anybody and yeah. just nobody cares and the people the only people that have asked have been really genuinely interested or curious and they're, they they want to know where to get one so i tell them about the website or they recognize what it is and they're like, you gotta come cool Lemurian headband. Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> I was in the art, art gallery once and somebody was like, ah, where did you got this headband? And I was like, ah, <laughs> And so I was cool. at Isedi, um, someone recognized what it was and they were like, Billy Woodard came to my house and- Oh, no way. Headband. And he said, I wanted to know if it did anything. So I had a Karelian photographer photo me with the headband on and with it off and with the headband off his aura was like smaller like average normal size-ish and his chakras were kind of like not really in good balance and then with it on he knows his aura was like really big and bright and beautiful and his chakras were all clear and aligned and all of this kind of stuff and nice so I've been wearing it almost every day since March and it's like September now but I know I don't I notice if I don't wear it for a few days, I start to feel ew, like nauseous or like I need to put that thing back on. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. don't understand what it's doing, but it's all the whatever we're exposed to in the city, maybe. And I believe that. Like that. I, I definitely believe that. I mean, I, I totally Oh yeah. Totally can see it having an effect. You know, people just not everybody's willing to put it on and wear it around. But like you said, people don't give a shit, you know. They don't. They yeah. really don't. They yeah. don't care. And, and if they do, they're not gonna say they're just like, yeah. oh, that's a weirdo. Exactly. Whatever. They're not yeah. gonna say anything, or they think it's super cool. <laughs> yeah, or that and always wear like gals. They think you're cosplaying or something. Yeah. Face. Yeah. I don't know what they think. Maybe like, I'm oh. going to a costume party because <laughs> I always yeah, yeah, or that. like space printed clothes. I just love galaxy printed clothes. I went to a holistic women's business university online called Aphrodite University and they really encouraged us to like wear on the outside what our soulmate clothing was or like what spoke to us as like our soul. Like wear your inside on, on the outside and, and then you'll draw the people to you that align with you, right? And so people have told me weird things just in passing on the street like someone was like i like your juggling suit that's a great costume like you have a dope ass you know like you know whatever costume or they said something <laughs> like that. Um, hmm. uh, i was just like wow this is like funny 
people think or some guy wanted to take a picture on the bus. He was like, can I take pictures of you? And your head <laughs> like close up, write down the website for me. <laughs> and then I was at Mount Shasta and people were like, can I try it on? Can I wear it? Oh, I really like it. to get one. So like if people are sensitive to energy, they do feel something when they oh, put sure. it on. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. Totally. I and I've never, I'm not even familiar with uh, Billy Woodard. Is that what you said his name yeah. is? But he says a lot of similar things that these other people that I'm hearing say, like Corey Gooden. I don't think Corey maybe I, knows who Billy Woodard. Well, I was going to ask if he knows him. who, does he know who Corey Good is? I've never asked Corey Good like pers in person or, you know, over the electronics, but like I've never asked him, but I've never heard him mention this guy's name. But he says very similar things. Um, he talks about the people living in Agartha, living in Hollow Earth. He says, our sun is not hot. It's cold fusion light. It's a, like, it's made to look like that to keep us out and away, basically. There's people living inside the sun, all of this. And I was like, oh, maybe that is what those sun cruisers you know that yeah you see ships coming in and out of the sun all the yeah, time they live in yeah. there maybe if the sun was I a big ball know. of burning gas like i'm pretty sure yeah but well, maybe it's not actually a ball of burning it's, gas it's, it's actually not a planet. It's not. that's the thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks like corey, corey good actually was on a craft that uh, he claims he was on a craft that got to view inside the sun. He says nothing like we are taught in it's our not, science book. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing, <laughs> nothing like that at all. Uh, it's electric. It's, there's a lot of electricity in there, but it's not, the core is nothing like we, we right. Like we, Billy says it's cold fusion light. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. kind of how he would explain it. And uh, yeah, and you know, we know the sun is a portal, and but. Yeah. Like there's uh, Billy Billy Thorpe in the '70s wrote the album Children of the Sun, which is about beings coming from the sun. Um, I mean, and if you listen to that entire album, it's a concept album. But the, this guy wasn't making this stuff up. He had an yeah. he had an experience that he wrote about. Uh, I'm, I just actually purchased the book, The Smoky God, that uh, Joseph oh, Irwin was oh, telling us it? about, and it's a story oh. about. It's a story about an inner earth journey in the late 1800s. Uh, you know, it's written as a, it's, it's sold as like a sci-fi book, but I really don't believe that it's a sci-fi uh, Yeah. And there was a, a video on YouTube for a while that was like, inner earth civilizations exist and I can prove it. Or like yes, I watched it. Yes, I watched that. Watch it. It's not there anymore. Like I can't find it. But one of the things it was saying was like the children of, Oh, where is that place? There's some place in Europe where they found these like green skinned children that came out of a hole or a cave or something. Oh, I don't know. They got but... lost herding their cattle. And uh, yeah, I don't know the name of the place. Into a cave and they, they came out the other side. They followed the church bells, the music to get out of the cave and they had green skin and the boy, they wouldn't eat anything except raw beans and I guess the boy died shortly after, but the girl survived and her skin turned like a, you know, normal to us color after eating our food. So I was like, <laughs> well. Yeah. It, wow. This world is, it's, it's so 
so much more fantastical than yeah, we that's the word i was looking for fantastical there's yeah. so much more to reality than we've been taught and we've been right it's and it's purposely being kept from us and ah, yeah, it's a shame that like I, like i can imagine a majority of the population if they came across this particular podcast would just either shut it off or shake their head or you know laugh at us <laughs> yeah, i'm sure it's happened a lot already yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I think I see a lot of people online, especially in the comments, and they're like, why do we believe these people? They have no proof. They have no proof. There's yeah. no, like, uh, pictures or videos or whatever. But it, Corey has a good point. Like, even if he had pictures or videos, people could say whatever they wanted about it. It was photoshopped. It was CGI'd. Which it people was do whatever. all the time. <laughs> and also you don't they want you to have faith you know these beings they yeah. don't want to appear they don't want the enculturation kind of thing that happened like especially that happened in our world where the military landed on these islands and they made a whole like, cult following and ca the cargo cults out yeah. of them like, they don't want that to happen for us and that all the karma that's entwined with that but like also um they um it's 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 i think it's a free will issue they 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 they're like if we just came out and gave you absolute proof then we're like we're violating your free will yeah and then law of one kind of goes into that and they're like that's why we have to like give you yeah. like hints and things and like help in these other ways right. and you guys have to do it yourself and so they can't like provide us this proof that everybody's looking for but yeah. the reason that i started really believing that this information had something to it was by putting the pieces together pieces from my life and from the research that i had just done on my own because i was interested in other things and when you see that all these people independently of each other are saying the same things it's like oh they're not making that up like i thought cosmic disclosure was conspiracy theory bs when i first started watching it and i saw i randomly saw a logo a gaim logo on a place at work that i had worked at this place for like a year and i'd never seen this logo it was like on a ball in the gym and i'd never seen the logo on this ball even though I was working around this ball like every day, I never noticed the logo. But then I noticed the logo and I was like, oh, that's that crazy TV show channel. Like maybe I should go back and like listen to that. If I don't like it, I can just disregard it as conspiracy BS and no, don't have to listen. But the reason I started watching is because Corey was talking about these special tests he had to take in elementary school before he was like in mm -hmm. or whatever into the my labs. And I was like, holy shit. I had to take those too. Like I was a very bright child, very smart. Uh, well, considered very smart, even though to me I was normal. Um, my parents divorced when I was really little. He says they try to find kids who have like broken home situation or like some kind of mm -hmm. trauma or whatever in their life so they can use that against them or do shape them into however they want. But so yeah. I had this background and I was considered really bright, like smartest kid in class. My teachers didn't know what to do with me. And I was kind of felt like I was being held back by the other kids. And they took me and um, they told me if I pass, they're going to give me these tests. And if I pass these tests, I would get to go to a special school for gifted children. And I was excited because I want to get out of this place. I wanted a school that was going to school me at my level, not like sit and wait for all the kids, other everyone else to catch up. Um, so I wanted to take these tests. They like pulled me out of class, just like Corey describes, put me in this room with a test administrator person, gave me all these like 
weird tests. Like they were disguised or they were under the guise of being academic, but they weren't like, I didn't really understand when I was six or seven, these tests, but looking back on it, I've never taken tests like that since. And I asked my parents about these tests when I grew up and became an adult and heard about this on Cosmic Disclosure. And they were like, yeah, the school sent us a letter saying they were going to give you these tests. They didn't say anything about a special school or like a school for gifted children they'd send you though, but they told me that, right? Um, mm -hmm. But then the, the test stopped and I was like, why? I asked my parents when I was a kid, I was like, why did they stop giving me the test? Do I get to go to the special school? Did I pass? You know, I was like, sure, like must have passed them. I want to get to the special school. But yeah. my dad was just like, no, the school says you didn't pass and you're not, I don't know, like school, whatever you're talking about. But my parents say there was no mention in the letters of a special school. They, um, my stepmother really remembers that they sent letter, they sent the parents the letter saying they were gonna give these tests. And then they sent a letter back saying that I wasn't what they were looking for. And my stepmom thought they were wrong, but she, you can't argue with the school sending you a letter, right? But, um, but I remember like those tests were weird. Like guess these like cards with this blindfold on or like, I remember they would ask me questions about like what words meant and they would ask me like to give the definition or what I perceived like what kind of like they were asking me like what I could intuit the definition was uh, without actually saying those words and it was weird things like they were trying to test my values like they would say what does thievery mean is that wrong or is that okay you know like weird things like that yeah <laughs> Uh, like there was a lot of timed, like put together this 3D puzzle, we're gonna time you. And they probably were like, she's not what we're looking for because I would give up if I couldn't do the test, if I couldn't complete the 3D puzzle in the time amount that I was allotted, if I knew that I couldn't, I would just like, I can't do it. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, don't give me a time limit of this pressure. Like, I can't. So I wouldn't really try, even though I could put the puzzle together <laughs> without a time limit. I would do yeah. just fine. Um, yeah. So I took those weird special tests. Apparently I failed. Good thing. <laughs> Probably a great thing that you failed. And then when I heard about Corey talking about this on Cosmic Disclosure, I was like, Oh, holy crap. Like, I don't know what this guy's saying, but he has some information having to do with like real life, real life that I experience. So like, this isn't a theory anymore for me. Like, yeah, this is <laughs> disclosure realism. This is conspiracy realism. Like, let's yeah. be realistic, y'all. This big picture story with all the puzzle pieces make sense yeah so that's that was your confirmation that he was legit like oh he's saying this thing that only like that I had to know. do with my life <laughs> yeah and you didn't even know anyone else knew about that you know but it happened to you and that's why like david said when he was first talking to Corey, the reason he he knew he was legit was because yeah kept, trusted and listened to him yeah and Corey kept saying these things that David's like insiders these only like a few insiders have told me yeah. things and I have not told anyone this is not out there on the internet available publicly at yeah. all and Corey's and he would say stuff that stuff. he'd heard and more yeah and he's like yeah. he's saying code code names code names that like no one knows yeah, yeah. And, he's, and he's getting them all right and he's like 
Mm-hmm. Only way this guy would know this is if he, is if he was legit. That's the only way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. And the thing about all this is you're talking about people wanting proof or how do you believe these people? Well, well, for one, the law of one says the whole goal is to know the truth without proof. So right. we're leaving the age of skepticism and we're going to an age yeah. of knowing. And, and they want us to choose our timelines. Like, that's really the sense I got after visiting the parallel timeline is that we're choosing our timeline every second of the day by our thoughts, feelings, mm-hmm. actions, words, the things that we do in our life and the way that we come off. Like, we're choosing what time, what future timeline we observe and what we experience. And these beings want us to choose our, like, how positively polarized is a timeline we're going to experience or how negatively polarized they don't want to influence that but they they're letting us choose that yeah yeah well and what i was getting at those which i agree with that 100 percent. but like the age of knowing so we essentially uh we just get to a spiritual a, a level we, our spiritual development we get to an advanced an advanced state to where we just start knowing things. We don't need proof. We don't need, right. you get a feeling. Exactly. You, yeah. you, get the, you just immediately know. It's just part of what we're, we should already be able to do. We're just unlocking it. Right. And you have an intuitive knowingness already that says, this is true for me. I'm going to listen to it. Yeah. And yeah. yeah that's and, why people say if you resonate with something, right. not leave it. Like that's, that's really the best way to yeah it's like yeah it it, like the true stuff you're going to resonate with because it it's you're going to resonate with the truth of it in some um, senses lots of different um viewpoints or information can be true at the same time even though they seem like they're polar opposite or conflicting and i think like the first time i realized that i read these books by uh dr bruce goldberg who was like a hypnotherapist and then he'd accidentally regress or people or progress them to past or future lives and he got really curious about that and he came up with like four different futures of earth or like what people were saying all of his cases but when i read his book i was like wait all four of these could exist at the same time on the same planet. Like, look how different we are on Earth right now already. Like, all four of these could exist that he was talking about people saying. So I was like, whoa. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Multi- <clears throat> multiple timelines. Yeah. And the multi dimensional, yep. you know, like everything is occurring right here. Like, who knows what's going on right in front of my face right now in the next dimension? Right. Or even like in your future, you could choose to do something and experience a totally different future than if you made a different choice. One thing that really helped me with that, like after I visited the parallel timeline, I was really curious and interested about time travel and parallel timelines and stuff. And I listened to some, I guess, radio shows or whatever people would go on because they accepted time travelers and a lot of the time travelers were male but there's this one female lady that i heard and she sounded like she could be from inner earth (laughs) like just the way that she talked um and she said like one like she said she was a time traveler 
but she said like one thing I want to clear up here is that people have a really big misconception about what the rapture is like people think second coming of Jesus and all of this like religious stuff but she said like this rapture that everyone's talking about is an opportunity for everyone to like select the dimension they're going into so they select yeah. it by the way that they live, the way that they think and feel and act, they select their future timeline. So mm -hmm. this rapture is like a multi-dimensional or like multi-timeline reality way for the matrix, for these people to like split off and like observe the proper timeline for the polarity of their being or their like persona. <laughs> and I was like, Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting. I, I, I love that take on it, actually, it, because it's really true. Like the way the practices that we do every day, whatever it is in life, you know, our diet, our just our meditation yeah. practices, uh, the way we treat others, service to others, how we go about everything determines exactly what you were just talking about. And we're all at different levels, so it, that's that's extremely interesting to me. Everyone's at a different place. There's no good or bad. Ultimately, it's just like right. where you're at. It's just experience, and we're learning about exactly. lessons in how to be loving, and in you know how to, a lot of near-death experience research. People come back from near-death experiences, and they say the point of this life is to learn about love. Like, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's, which, that's which is a common message that we hear. And, yeah. and it just comes yeah. down to, you know, you can, you're in charge of your own ascension. So it's, right. it's, it's like, you know, suffering is, is a useful tool and it's, necessary until you don't need it anymore until you, right. until you the learn the lesson once, until it's no longer exactly. <laughs> once you've grown and learned the lesson you don't need to keep suffering it's yeah. stupid and it's like you go pat so it's like you know you you can wake up you can either like take a really really long time to learn lessons right. and then take a really long time to ascend that way and keep repeating third density over and over and over and over again or, or you, you can, can wake really up. really bad stuff and take a shorter time. <laughs> yes, yes. Or you can. <laughs> yeah. But you're in every, and we got to realize, like, everyone's in charge of their own destiny. Everyone's a sovereign being that yeah. you, no one's going to do it for you. No one, you can't right. give, like, there's so many people are giving their power away mm. to governments and religions and, and Yeah, God. I had a friend who said, you can't talk to me, uh, like, don't talk about aliens. I'm not going to believe in aliens until the government tells us that they exist. <laughs> Like, yeah, okay, like, gotta, we have to wake up out of this <laughs> mindset yeah. that like everyone else is responsible for me and or the god kind of, or aliens. This reminds me of um I had this past life memory dream about a friend recently and the the premise of the whole the dream what it was showing me is that in a previous life there was a lot of challenge and difficulty like we spent a lot of time crying about each other and um just like crying it could have been misassumptions crying about the same dang thing about the other person um and in this life we're given the opportunity to um live you know there's this like guidance voice at the end of the dream about the experience like that was saying like with new bodies different lives and more mature souls 
and social tools, you've once again been given the chance to live together in greater alignment with happiness, joy, peace, harmony, love, and compassion. And it just seemed like there was no wrong answer. As long as we did better than the last time, that's all that mattered. And even if we did the same or worse, like we would still like repeat it and like until we got it, you know, better in alignment with compassion and love and happiness and joy. And I was like, wow, like no matter what happens in my life here with this person, I'm doing certainly better than that last time. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no wrong answer. <laughs> exactly. And don't get caught up in like, um, you know, you're, you're where you're at, wherever you're at is where you're supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. But don't, yeah, don't get caught up in, I'm supposed to be way ahead of where I'm at. And right. it's not, even I'm if, not okay where I'm at. It's like, no, you're, where you're at is, is far, okay. Yeah. But and you, even if you mess up, you'll get more, you'll get infinite chances to try again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sounds like a, uh, sounds like a side scrolling video game, like Mario or Sonic. So, <laughs> exactly. I read, um, like you can like, like, so you can beat the level and not collect any coins or rings, but you can, and, and still beat right. it beat the game or you could go through and collect all of them. Everything. Or yeah. you could keep dying over and over again until you, <laughs> until you learn and beat the level. <laughs> yeah. So I was reading um, Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. And one of the things from oh. that, that book, that giant fatty ass book that really stood out to me was that his like God, inner God voice was saying like, the life is like a video game. The whole game is already written on that disc. The, Mm-hmm. The way that you experience that game depends on like your choices that you make and how you play the game. But the whole game is like already All, on it. And I was like, yeah. whoa. That's true. That's very true. That's analogy. very true. Yeah. That's, like, a, that's a great analogy, actually. How come you didn't like it when I said it, Aaron? <laughs> <laughs> I like Allison better. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was talking about the what You're Neil Donald Walsh. I know, I'm just kidding around. <laughs> oh man. But great. I I really liked your analogy. Like you could complete the level with this stuff, or you could like and not do these things, or you could like be the kind of like person that wants to get three stars on all the levels and do all the things you know? yeah. there's no yeah. and there's no right or wrong path it's just your choice right yeah, you still think you're still gonna beat it at the end you're still gonna accomplish what you're accomplishing yeah you're just gonna yeah. experience it in, in a different and way. if you don't you just get a hit like restart i yeah. again exactly and and you know it's like it's like the universe is already set up to like direct us towards ascension and towards um living in harmony and and love and everything because you know the more you're out of alignment with all of that the more the more you suffer and the more everyone suffers and the more it's unpleasant and 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 you can't go past a certain level of ascension or density without being in alignment with that exactly and apparently what they love one people say (laughs) exactly so it's like it's built in so it's like you it's like, hey, if you don't want to suffer, if you want to have a better experience here, you know, I don't know, like, if you notice, the more you uh, live in harmony with each other and and love and um, acceptance, 
the better things are and the better you yeah. feel and, and the, the everything works. The more that you appreciate what you've accomplished and how you've lived your life too. I feel exactly. like a lot of people say that when they when you die, so this is what near death experience research they say it's like the similar cross culturally, no matter what religion you are, no matter like your beliefs and stuff, you die and you like go over there, wherever over there is, whatever dimension that is. And you have to review your life from birth to death, from the perception of all of the thoughts and feelings of all the people that you affected. And then you judge your own life based on that information. And that mm -hmm. is like you create your own like heaven or hell kind of thing like your own yeah like yeah it's not an imposed thing no god judging you and yeah you somewhere it's well you know, and and then what it, so dolores cannon talks about a lot of this stuff too and and she yeah. says what it is is now you have the chance to go back reincarnate and and uh say you know pay back the good karma that, right and say uh, oh i'm proud of you, that stuff i did yeah, exactly. Or like if you if you hurt somebody in this lifetime or you were very hurtful or said some hurtful things, you have the chance to go back and and have a positive impact on their on their life. Uh, oh yeah, that's no no that's so nice. That's kind of what my past life memory dream was like these dreams that are really vivid and really visceral. I, I never forget them because they're so like, they really impact me even after I wake up and they really help me in my life and my relations with either myself or another person. And they're kind of like that, you know, like viewing whatever that spiritual technology is that we have to look at our lives with. It's kind of like that. It's like, a virtual reality video that you relive the experience, but from the whole picture instead of just your own one-sided experience. So you really understand what the other person was going through based on your effect on them. And it's just like, it's yeah. magical. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's amazing. I think, um, have you, have you explored any of Dolores Cannon's work? I've or? heard of her. I think maybe I read, well, that, that's another information right there, because what you're saying is exactly like exactly the information yeah. that, she, that she explains when we die. But she got her information through her clients who she was regressing. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's just another. It's and just I've read other books like that. Journey of Souls. Like I there's like these all these hypnotherapists are these people that do hypnotherapy sessions and then they regress people to all these other times or like life between lives or that's another book i think by goldberg but they get all of like thousands of cases of these clients so individually they don't know what the whole big picture is of the body of work but then these people they come out and they say like this is what people are saying these are the things that are like correlating like we were talking about earlier these are the things that are correlating about what all these people are saying individually about what happens when we die so i think science really does know what happens when we die but our you know formal medical establishment thing. <laughs> let's yeah. get cancer let's have yeah. stress and anxiety and pay billions of dollars let's eat crap <laughs> let's not tell you about what happens when you die um what's yeah. interesting you're talking about science somebody was just telling me on monday night uh there's this youtube channel called like thunderbolt something i don't know but it's a 
it's a group of mainstream scientists doing work uh, and they've, they've already discovered that like, like this, we can go faster than the speed of light, like far faster. And they're discovering everything's electric and it, like they're, they're coming up with all, all their conclusions and all their theories are based around an electric universe, which is what we were told was going to happen. And now this stuff is coming forward and these, these, these scientists are actually starting to understand the reality of this. So that's cool to see to see that we're starting to see this shift in this here and there uh, you just have to know what to spirituality look. will like go like this and like yeah yeah spirituality <laughs> is just like true science and true physics that we because our the science and physics that we're we have and we're taught is fault is like false yeah it's, it's like a indoctrinated version of it's a false reality. science and it's indoctrination and it's and we think that's real science but it's not and that's why that's why spirituality looks like fantasy woo-woo stuff because right. we don't have and it real looks science. like there's no proof for that stuff but now with there the is. internet i think <laughs> that is like it's, that's really trumping that no proof bs because you can go on the internet and you can find like maybe you don't find the proof individually, but you put all the puzzle pieces together and they're like, oh, oh, this is what they're all saying. Like, but there actually even is scientific studies done yeah. and proof yeah. of things that like too. meditation and like- And astrology. Astrology that and- I got that same friend that said he wasn't gonna believe in aliens until the government told us they're real. He, I was teaching an intro to astrology class and I was, I was like excited and I wanted to talk to, about him. Uh, about it with him and he was like you can't talk to me about astrology unless you can find scientific peer-reviewed uh you know journals and you know experiments that this is legitimate and that exists and i was like okay <laughs> internet <Yeah>. and they <laughs> did like i found these things you know and i yeah, was like look at this it's so interesting so they did have like scientific proof that um, astrology, it doesn't like determine your behavior, but it determines like a likely behavior that you would do based on the, um, this guy studied careers like Genkelin or Gelkelin. I don't, I don't remember exactly what his name was, but they studied all these different careers and people's charts. And they saw that pe people in different careers had correlations in their astrological charts. And I was like, whoa, that's so interesting. <laughs> well, you know, you should tell your friend, ask him if he if he believes that the the tides are controlled by the moon, and because that's that's essentially mainstream <laughs> science. But yeah. and then but you would say that like further back in the day, and people were like, "Yeah, you crazy." Yes, you believe well, the moon can control the tides, but you don't believe the rest of the planets can affect. Well, well, what it was what I'm getting at is that if you believe the moon can control the tides, well, our body is seventy percent water. So, what do you think that does to our body, not just exactly. Right. But that, that's, a, that's a good planetary bodies. Yeah, if you if you're firmly convinced that it can create the tides, then and you don't think it has an effect on your body, your head is literally in the sand. I think yeah. people, yeah. Uh, they have a hard time wrapping their mind around that because they've heard the scientific explanation of how the moon pulls the gravity of like all the water this way and then it, it pulls it that way. And so that, that would make the water slosh back and forth. And so they can kind of like elementary, like get their mind around that. But like when you say yeah. Mars or, 
you know, Mercury, oh my goodness, forbid, Mercury's in retrograde and it's, uh, you know, screwing up all the transportation and communication. Well, it's like, like, you know, people have a harder time bridging transportation and communication with this other planet. But like, I gave a class on what WTF is Mercury retrograde once and I was like, this is not a time to like make excuses for everything going a mess. It's a time for you to look at these like happenings and learn from the lessons. Like, how is this making me a better person? How, what am I learning from this? Instead of like, oh, you know, everything's a mess and I'm going to make it an excuse that it's Mercury retrograde, but like putting that integrity back on the person and the self. And like, I don't, I think Mercury retrograde is a really empowering time to do really progressive things actually. Like I mean, I made the humanitarian thing. Like I came up with that idea. It's all about um, reshaping the past and figuring out what doesn't work and, you know, replacing it with what does work and all of this kind of stuff. And I was like, wow, that's really empowering if I can come up with that. And, you know, (laughs) yeah, absolutely. About Mercury retrograde is maybe they're indoctrinated too. Yeah. Yeah. So we we haven't even uh, acknowledged the fact that today is nine eleven. I know yeah. it is. Yay! <laughs> we haven't talked about it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'd I'd like to see what your friend uh, thinks about nine eleven. Also, oh, I don't know about him, but I read Ascension Mysteries by David Wilcock, and I was like, "Ooh, this is cool." And yeah. I mean, I had heard, I heard like many years ago. Um, I was at some psychic convention or whatever, and there was a guy there who, I mean, he spoke about conspiracy theories, but he was like coming at it from like, this is not a theory, this is not conspiracy, this is real, events real. And he was like, had this book about 9-11 being, you know, and people just thought he was a conspiracy theorist, but- Inside job, yeah. We did (laughs) 9-11, like, wow! And so that was the first time I kind of heard that, and I was like, ooh could that be true, you know? And then the more and more I was hearing about it and the evidence that people talk about that they point to, like mm-hmm. the fact that these buildings, like the way that they fell and the way that a controlled demolition falls and the way that the, the metal was like melted into like other uh, parts and like you can see these pictures and the way that, you know, people that are aviation or like plane engineers they're like this doesn't make any sense how this happened and then yeah when i read david i was like oh that explains a lot yeah it's about a million things that don't add up to the (laughs) official story like there's it's like endless i keep finding new ones all the time oh that reminds me of um this time well when the mass shootings happened recently and there was some article about how trump just went on playing golf you know and my friend was like my friend made a post about how trump and he i think he was being sarcastic and was like oh no trump's gonna go to jail like he went out playing golf when the mass shootings you know he got the word and and he had all these like comments of like various viewpoints about that but I was like well um 
Trump went on playing golf and Bush went on reading to children. <laughs> like, or a half hour after it happened. Yeah, the puzzle yeah. pieces, like look at the similarities, like this is not an isolated event. And then people were coming up with all these pictures of like how the mass shooters look similar to each other. And I was just like, don't look at the isolated event, look at the big pictures together. Like well, you'll see it, similar patterns. And, yeah. and, and by this time, Trump understands that, that the deep state is, yeah. is engineering like, these false flag events. So child play so I can't is, do nothing yeah. about. I'm gonna this go on nice. being happy with my weekend and playing golf and pleasing these people. Yeah, he knows he knows exactly what, what's going on. So he's like, Yeah, I'm just gonna play golf. Yeah. I'm just gonna play golf. <laughs> this is not a real look like a bad real, person yeah yeah like maybe a, they really killed people and that's yeah. really bad and that's, that's the thing a lot of people it. a lot of people yeah. get upset when you say false flag and they're like people die and you're like yeah, yeah i know people die so it's real i said that so i'm not some saying comment. people didn't I was, die I'm i was like well didn't. i went right on doing my life during the false flag shootings and nobody's had anything to say about that you know exactly. Trump went on playing golf maybe like like yeah. no, nobody like, cares like i'm not in the news for going right like on it, with how life. is him playing golf affecting anything like it happened it happened so well, did, yeah. did you see that 9-11 video i shared it and, and uh bush actually just like gave a speech to like the uh at all costs we need to stop terrorists we need to send our troops blah blah blah, blah. and then it pans out and then and he's like all right now check out this golf swing and then and then he's on the golf course and he actually, you know, drives a ball and like, like he was just like real serious, like putting on a fake, putting on a front for America. And then he's like playing and, golf. And then it cut, obviously they cut it. But then after that, he just went back to playing golf, you know? Right. Yeah. He knew he was wow. just bullshit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was the image puppet to the yeah. public. That's like the, um the what was it the isis video of the that was on the news like crazy on the news but then there was a, somebody found a video on someone's iphone they got caught at some border in another country and they found the video of this person like videotaping in a studio of this video being made yeah i remember awesome. yeah that's what it, that's just staged. <laughs> so much of our reality. Our reality is staged. Yeah. Our reality is the matrix. It's, it's the Truman <laughs> Show. It's a matrix. Yeah. yeah like, it's the Truman Show. It's, it, it's a, that's a really it's good It's the analogy. Truman Show for aliens. Like everything that's put out in any mainstream, like mainstream media, mainstream institutions, it's all this like fake stuff yeah. that they want you to be, to believe and to be programmed with. And until you, take control of your own life and and realize maybe i'm being like maybe maybe i need to figure out what's going on myself and then you know that's when people do their own research and right. they find you find all this stuff and you're like holy shit i've been being oh my god my i'm life. living a lie yeah like we've all been being lied to and then you and then that's why they invent things like the term conspiracy theorists and try to make us look crazy or or like we just want to be special or whatever because they they have to put these like walls up to stop 
trying to stop movements from spreading so so right. many people yeah. wake up. So they're like, oh, we're gonna push conspiracy theorists and like, you don't wanna be a weird conspiracy theorist. Right. You know? And I think as and, much as we, from our perspective and perception, knowing all this stuff, as much as we might think that's negative and that's a bad thing that the, what they're doing and they're like killing off all these like holistic doctors and I, yeah, I think that's bad too, but I've also been getting like, I don't know where it's from, but some big intuitive message that this bad stuff, all this bad stuff you see around happening around you, it's also keeping this reality intact somehow. Like people came here to Third this dimension. reality and this planet to experience this thing spiritually somehow, yeah. maybe to hold back their development and to remember how crappy this was so we won't do it again. Yeah. So like, there's a reason behind all this madness. Sort it of thing. creates a balance, yeah. Well, duality, third dimension is duality. So, so if if uh, all the bad stuff went away, the third dimension would go away, and then it but would it'd be great because then we get to it would go dimension. away overnight. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So you're right, but at the same time, it doesn't mean we need to accept it and like, yeah, like oh, we'll just and it's like no, it's just the reality of that's what creates the third dimension. Isn't it? yeah like we don't need to accept it and give our power to it but no but it's but it does help you learn lessons and that's yeah in my like, parallel timeline experience i visited a parallel time i visited a timeline healing hospital in the parallel timeline mm -hmm. and my kind of caretaker or whoever was supposed to watch over me at the hospital um he conveyed to me somehow that even though my timeline seemed more negative than his timeline, I was more spiritually developed and spiritually advanced here than I was in his timeline. Hmm. Really? Awesome. That's interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, going back to the whole like conspiracy theory stuff and like being like lost in life. Like, so if you are, if you do find yourself stuck like somebody who hasn't gone through the awakening and they're just stuck, in life they don't know what to do like the best advice you can give them is to dive into some conspiracy theories yeah, yeah. that might cause them follow the rabbit hole yeah it might actually yes. cause them to have their awakening or you know come to some realizations and, and give them a sense of purpose right and understanding behind yeah. what all these people are saying and I think once your consciousness reaches out for that understanding and you have that question, you'll just synchronistically come upon the information that helps you answer that question. I'm and I think, applaud to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, me too. People say that to me all the time. They're like, I was really wondering this thing and then I randomly found it on the internet or my friend gave me this book or whatever. And I think one reason I got into this stuff is because when I was a kid having this planet in my head I wanted to know the truth when I die I wanted to go to God or whatever and I wanted to say what's the truth about aliens like tell me the truth about aliens <laughs> I really <laughs> wanted to know so I think like they're fulfilling this request that I had since I was a kid that I wanted to know this truth yeah. about these beings so yeah all right. Well, I think we're going to start wrapping it up. Uh, this yeah. has been totally fantastic. It went way deeper than I anticipated. <laughs> yeah. and no, I love it. I love it. This is, no, it's uh, amazing. I love that. 
we talked about some great stuff. You have a, you're very intelligent. You have a lot to say and uh, your experiences you know, are genuine and it, and it shows, you know, so thank you for coming on. It's been an honor. Uh, thank yes. you for having me. It's yeah. been fun because yeah. uh, we just get together and we talk about this stuff that's important to us and we just be ourselves and who we are and whoever is out there listening coming upon this information hopefully it's exactly what they needed to hear today yes exactly yes. is there anything are you are you going to be at any uh, events coming up do you have anything in the future to let anybody know about or um i plan to go to dimensions of disclosure every year <laughs> but um, yeah. other than that um just working you know, on doing this humanitarium as much as it can, and yeah. So they, so if they want, if anybody wants to partake in that, they can go to your website, and you have information there to apply. If you, if you really do want to, uh, to partake oh, in this, uh, yeah. And my idea is that when I have about 144 people, I'm we're all gonna get together, even if it's electronically at first, and help start manifesting this even if it's just an idea at first uh, you know exists on the internet we're going to talk to each other we're going to have like i'm going to call them service enjoyments instead of like assignments or challenges but we're all going to like learn about certain things every week together and yeah. hopefully start trickling this down into the physical world that's so awesome yes all right well um earth. that's it and, and your other website uh new paradigm planet planet.com check them both out read a book uh sign up on our website thanks for yeah. listening remember to like and subscribe and we will see you next yeah. time good night guys good night. Good night.